August 27, 2020, a record-breaking storm finally comes ashore. Hurricane Laura, with winds up to 150 miles per hour. It wasn't a howling, it was more like a screaming. You could actually hear the, uh, the shingles being ripped off the, uh, the house. As a Category 4 storm, it was the strongest in more than 150 years to hit Louisiana. And Ohio was there to help pick up the pieces. On TV, we only get a few minutes to share each story. There are still thousands and thousands of families whose lives are not right side up today. But here, we get to tell you all the details. And all at once, I heard that boom. I looked up, the trees coming through the bathroom. I run, go to go in my bedroom, and there's all in there over my bed and everything. About stories that are important to greater Cincinnati. I'm Stephen Albritton, and this is WLWT News 5 Beyond the Studio. Today on the pod, Ohio Task Force One Urban Search and Rescue gets the call to the Deep South. More than 80 volunteers were sent to Lake Charles, Louisiana and Calcasieu Parish to help wherever they were needed. Cincinnati-based team member Grant Light tells us more about what they saw and heard while helping this community through an extremely tough time. Welcome to the Beyond the Studio podcast. Grant Light from Ohio Task Force One Urban Search and Rescue is joining us. The team uh, has been down in Lake Charles, Louisiana. We're recording this podcast on a Monday evening. Grant, thank you for joining us. Uh, so take us through when you guys got down that direction. What was the first things you guys uh, started to do to help out? Uh, so when we go anywhere, we're, uh, we work with a local jurisdiction. We're really under their control. FEMA brings us in, and then they kind of hand us off to the local jurisdiction. So it's kind of what their needs are. We were not uh, when the hurricane came ashore, and sometimes that's better because it gives them, the local people, a chance to figure out what their needs really are. Uh, we come charging in as the hurricane leaves. There's you know, still a lot of confusion, a lot of uncertainty. So um, by the time we got here, they had a basic plan laid out, and then they hand it off to us and say, can you do this? And pretty much we say yes, and then we um, figure a way to make it happen. So one of the big things they wanted, they wanted it searched. Um, I say it that way, but that's really a loose term. Um, it's not like we're, um, they're not missing a lot of people, but they want to identify where the greater need is in their area. So one of the things we do is we work through these neighborhoods and areas they've given us, and using an app on a, a special app on an iPad and some other things, um, we rate houses. One of the things we do is we, we interact with people, see how they are, what their needs are um, at their homes. And then we also do a quick evaluation of their home, and then we rate them from a, a red a symbol that we put on it would be that it's you know completely down, damaged, unrepairable. And then just a yellow is that it's damaged, and then green is that it's good, uh, no damage at all. Um, and then we add in, we can add in stuff that they need medical uh, care, or they need this, or they have special needs um, for the people at this at the, where this mark will show up. It's all GPS located, so it would show up. At, over their house on a big map. Um, the nice thing is, uh, this is kind of a new thing for FEMA, This the way we're doing it. Um, and it uh, shows up in like our command post, it shows up in FEMA command post, and it shows up in the local jurisdiction command post. So they can see our progress through their community as we work our way through it. Um, and then they can see where the green areas are so they can realize that we don't need to throw a lot of resources at that. And they can see where the yellow and the red areas are, and they can determine what they want to do next for their, you know, for their long-term uh, work they have to do. So it, it's really worked out well. It's a lot of ground pounding. It's a lot of walking streets because as you start, most of the streets are still closed. You know, 
trees are down, things are in the way, and so you do a lot of walking, and then as the time progresses, those get cleared, and you can do a lot more um, out of vehicles and stuff like that, but it's just a combination of all that. But we have done, uh, I know as of now, we personally, you know, our team touched over 25,000 homes. And it's, there's some densely populated areas, and then there are just some way out, um, like very, very rural areas, and we've been to all of them. I mean, what does that say about your team that you guys are able, I think uh, 84 of you is what I have on your Facebook page. What does that say about your team that you guys have been able to go through 25,000 structures in a matter of days? Uh, we worked hard. <laughs> a lot of, I know the heat index down here the last couple of days has been 100 to 105. So we just try to take care of our people, um, you know, water them up, just do what you, you would normally do. But uh, we look out for each other. But, you know, we understand that, you know, why we were brought here was to do just this, you know, so that's our mission. And we are very, a bunch of very type A personalities that, um, who get to this position and, um, we're going to do it. You know, we're not going to say it's too hot to whatever. We're going to find a way to do it. And, um, we did, we did a lot of work, work together and, you know, we're able to provide to this parish the information they needed. Yeah, and uh, looking at your at the Facebook page, lots of comments coming to you. Uh, so appreciative of what you guys do. You know, we we've seen the pictures of what Hurricane Laura um, did in that twenty four hours, uh, sweeping through Louisiana and um, Eastern Texas. What have been some of the obstacles you have faced as a team trying to get to some of these areas that might be a little more uh, you know rural and out there? Um, it's weird. Some uh, there are some areas where there aren't a lot of trees there. Um, and then there are areas that have a ton of trees, you know, just like everywhere else. And, uh, you know, those areas, the trees get all knocked over. So just physical boundaries like that are, are they're not insurmountable, but, you know, it just slows down your progress. So um, we work around them or we just, you know, get out of the vehicles, climb over the trees and walk the rest of the street because it's faster than trying to cut the trees out, move it out of the way, all that. We know as from doing a lot of hurricane stuff that that will, will happen. Um, as time goes on by their own local infrastructure. But for us, I know the goal that their, their bosses, their mayors, their council members, their people, their governor want us to do is get this moving on fast. They're not, they don't really ask us to clear the roads. They ask us to just figure a way. And so that's usually what we do is figure a way to get as many people and, and locations as we can to provide them the information they are after. And I'm sure in this, uh, when you guys are walking the streets, I know a lot of people, um, you know, got out of the way of this storm, but I'm sure you were able to come across some people who are at least coming back to their homes or maybe they stayed behind. What are those of those conversations been like? Uh, uh, it's interesting. It's kind of, it divides in almost down the line. Uh, there was a lot of people um, left and, um, and they're, you know, happy that they did. And then um, there's a, a lot of people that we've talked to who stayed and they wish they hadn't. Um, so they're like, they'll name off. Um, every storm they've stayed through and then they just stand there and they just go, I'll never do this again. I'm not doing that again. Like this was bad. This was really bad. I'll never do that again. So it seems like, um, uh, and, you know, like I said, we've done a lot of hurricane stuff like this, that there's always just this line in somebody's life where they just decide it's not worth it to stay. And for, for a lot of people, it seems like this storm was the one that, that the next one, they are not going to stay. So, um, it's just, it, you know, it's just what, what they personally, what they experience and it makes a little trigger trip and they say, I'm never doing that again. So it seems like it was very bad from what I've talked to people about it. It's it, the people here and really everywhere we've ever been are, are crazy nice. 
Americans are really nice people. They, they, we, we make our way around. We meet a lot of people whose house is gone, is destroyed, roofs gone, floors collapsed, everything that they own gone. And the first thing they say is, "Oh man, we're really glad you're here. This is so nice of you to come down and help out." And then they ask, "Do you need anything?" And we're like, <laughs> "You know, no, we don't need anything. Like, in fact." You know, what can we do to help you and how can we direct you to the services you need that your county's providing? So it's just it's just crazy. Um, you would expect some, I don't know, I wouldn't want to say animosity, but just a, a downtrodden feeling by people. And we really don't see that very often. Um, we really see people who are just generally nice people and they're trying to figure it out. Um, these people here, this isn't their first rodeo. They've been through a lot of hurricanes and they kind of know what to do. But still, it's, you know, your house is, is gone and you're trying to figure it out. But they're, and they're all very nice. Yeah, and when you mentioned, you know, people can name off the storms, you know, in southwest Louisiana, it's, you know, I remember when Rita hit or when Ike hit and Harvey hit and all these other storms. And Laura is just another one of those storms that they can add to their list of, you know, uh, destruction and, and something that came through their town that really left a lot of people pretty devastated. And uh, you, you talk about the... Um, the uh, hospitality of Southwest Louisiana. I used to work down there, Lafayette. It's about an hour uh, east of where you are right now. Um, how has the hospitality been? I'm sure people have been offering you a jambalaya, boudin, this and that down there. Oh yeah, the yeah we've eaten uh, the somehow the uh, FEMA gets or the local we're under the local uh, state EOC and so they get food brought in for us um, and it's all been uh, Cajun food and I have enjoyed many trips to New Orleans and so I'm happy as a clam about that they make some awesome food down here and they're great people and uh we really enjoyed i've really enjoyed as has everyone else the the uh new orleans style cajun food they brought in for us to eat um so uh the uh the people are just um they're just they're just good and um i think they're you know i think this is going to be a long road to hoe here that we've we went to um uh some nerd some uh, uh mobile home parks here uh, with over 500 mobile homes in them, and and the, you know the, the people there, they don't have a lot, and they lost a lot, uh, a lot of it, uh, and those are the people I really uh, feel for. I mean, it just makes me very, it makes you sad. You know, you just look around like these people, you know, they're living, you know, their life, they're they're happy, um, but they don't have a lot, and and it's all gone. And I, you know, you just wonder how they're gonna bounce back from that. Um, you know, a lot of retirees from the area. I mean, every person you talk to has a story. So you, you stop and talk to somebody and it's a 20 minute conversation A very, you know, always very nice, always interesting. But, um, you know, there's a lot of people here who, who uh, are kind of on the edge and they're doing good, but I think stuff like this, this will push them over. And uh, you know, that's what I worry about. Mm -hmm. And is there something that really stands out in your mind? I don't know if it's somebody you met, a story they told, or maybe in all of your years working with Ohio Task Force One and working these natural disasters, whether that be a tornado, a hurricane, or something else, is there something that really stands out that you'll always remember from your time down there in Lake Charles and Hurricane Laura? Just how big, you know, how much of an uh, issue it is down here, you know, the destruction. Um, you know, because we, we, we've talked about it a couple of times, um, just, you know, you it's just been a, a hard year for a lot of people. You know, 2020 hasn't been great, you know, between the COVID and the other things that are going on. And then to, to lay this on top of that, um, I think these people are going to struggle. And, and it just, you know, worries me that, you know, the, that some of them will not bounce back. And where do they go? What's the safety net? 
how they're gonna how they're gonna be able to you know move forward from this point. Um, they're all I know from my time doing this. Are most you know Americans are fighters. They're gonna find a way to to battle back, but I think it's gonna be pretty tough. Um, with all that's going on. Yeah, and, and absolutely. That kind of leads me to my next question. Was there something you saw that kind of gave you hope even through COVID, even through the hurricanes? And we're only, you know, pretty much halfway through hurricane season right now, so who knows what's to come. But was there a moment you thought, okay, okay you know, this is giving me hope for this family or this area or this city? Uh, just that, there, that, you know, as I said before, the um, just a positive attitude of everyone that, I mean, the, like I said, the people that we have run into, the first thing they ask us is, can you need it? Can I help you? Can I help you out? Is we, we, and they just they thank you every time they can for coming down and help them. And we always tell them we're from Ohio. <laughs> the best conversations I've had is because we say we're from Ohio, and then they, um, they instantly, uh, or a group of them, instantly go to, oh, Ohio State fans, huh? <laughs> and then they go to, you know, their football team that they obviously support. Uh-huh. So then I look at them, I look at them, and I start laughing. I said, "Hey, we're all Bengals fans now, aren't we? Because you know your your man's up there now." And then they laugh and they just go, "Yeah, we might start watching the Bengals, rooting for them. They they love their Joe Burrow. They love him a lot, you know." So it, those have been the funny conversations that they start with the Ohio State, you know, Louisiana thing, and then when I start out the Bengals and, and their and their quarterback, all of a sudden they they're very much Cincinnati fans now. <laughs> Grant Light, Ohio Task Force One Urban Search and Rescue. Thank you for taking a a little bit of your time to speak with us this evening. I hope you guys uh, finish strong and have uh, safe travels back to Ohio. Uh, Thank you very much. Hope everybody's good back there. If you like this podcast, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. This has been WLWT News 5 Beyond the Studio. I'm Stephen Albritton. Thanks for listening. We've all seen it. That check engine light in our car. Do I check it now? Check it later? Can I keep driving? That one light doesn't tell you what you need to know. And if you get your weather from a symbol on your phone, you're not getting the full story. WLWT Weather has the only certified most accurate forecast in Cincinnati. It's where you get the difference-making details. You'll know exactly what to expect and when, so you can plan your day. WLWT Weather, Cincinnati's certified most accurate forecast.